the moment every race fan awaits. 50 years to the day when NASCAR first made Daytona the world center of speed. The homecoming is about to happen. The only ticket tougher to obtain or is for a seat in one of those 43 cars now resting on pit road. Good day, everyone, and Ken Squire with you. Welcome to the 40th annual $7 million Daytona 500. And what is it, you may ask, that makes this race so special, this day so very special? For some, it's the final act of an annual ritual, a mysterious mixture of speed and color. It's the fascination of watching 43 men commit themselves to the trial, to the danger of near 200 mile hour speed inches apart. Gene Shepard once said, if horse racing is the sport of kings, then auto racing, this furious and sometimes brutal game, is the sport of friends. New or old, come along, friend, and enjoy the great American race. And it starts with Dick Bergen of Stock Car Racing Magazine on Pit Road. Thanks, Ken. Starting on the outside of the front row, two-time national driving champion, Texas Terry Labonte. He has finished second three times in the great American race. He has never won it. How about today? Well, I don't know. Our Kellogg Chevy was pretty good in practice, but, uh, you know, the competition is pretty tough, and it's a long race, so uh, we're just going to do our best and see what we can do. Starting on the pole position in the fastest car in the field, his brother, Bobby Labonte. Weather is an issue today. Rain is in the forecast. This could be a rain-shortened event. Bobby, how would that affect your strategy? Ah, uh, well, want to be up front if it does start raining. I know that, but uh, you know, right now we're just going to race, uh, race the racetrack. It's a long race if it uh, doesn't rain, and uh, try to keep this Interstate Battery Pontiac running really good for a for a good day. Good luck to you, to Ken Squire. We're down to it. This is the moment. They're ready to fire them up and begin the Daytona 500. Let's go trackside for the command that gets it all underway. Ladies and gentlemen, will you, the great fans of NASCAR, now join with Governor Bill Graves in issuing the most famous words in motorsports. Gentlemen, Start your engines! We're ready to go. The four words that mean so much that send those shivers up your spine have been given and we'll be back for the start of the 500 momentarily. Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of the Let's Remember Sports Podcast. I'm your host Lucas Bunkari and Brandon Manitoba. Joined today via Skype by my brother Brett Bunkari. Brett, this is being posted on my birthday so it's another birthday spectacular. And this time we're talking about my favorite edition of the Daytona 500. Aren't you excited? No. Great. Uh, we're talking about the 1998 race for reasons that will soon become obvious. Um, so I obviously saw this live when I was a kid, so I remember it vividly. Do you remember this race at all from I when it happened may, the first time? I think I may have seen off and on, and I think I caught the end of it. And I was, um, we'll get when we get to the end, and you'll see why I was pretty much down down the dumps at the end of that of that race. But um, well, good for you. 
Um, so let's set the scene here a little bit about where things are at in Winston Escrow in the Cup Series going into the 1998 season. Uh, it's also another version of the birthday podcast, like I said, if I haven't said it already. So you'll see why again, why I picked this and why it's my favorite 500. Uh, so 1997, Jeff Gordon won a second of seven championships. The media, the mainstream, the lamestream media would tell you he's won four. Don't acknowledge the case, kids. Uh, Gordon's second championship by 14 points over Dale Jarrett and Mark Martin was 29 back. The rest of the top 10 in points were Jeff Burton, Dale Earnhardt, but Earnhardt his first winless year since 1981. Pain for me. Then the rest of the top 10 were Terry Labonte. Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott, Russ Wells, and Ken Schrader. Schrader beating out Johnny Benson by a single point to go to the NASCAR Awards banger of the Waldorf Astoria. Kids, the banquet used to mean something. The top ten meant something. <laughs> it, you, know, it, you know, it did mean something. You know, the, the Waldorf Astoria in New York, and now... Yeah. Oh, I get burnouts. That's exciting. Shotgun sweeties. That's always fun at the banquet. Yeah, that's only a real fun thing these days anyway. Uh, so a lot of changes going to 1998. Uh, most notably, well, we'll go on the team side of things, but most notably the four Taurus. Three uh, teams, though, will stick with the Thunderbird body, which will run for quite a while, uh, into 500, those being Chad Little, Robert Presley, and Billy Standridge. Uh, other team changes, a lot going into that year. DEI makes his full-time debut of Steve Park moving up from the Bush Series from the Pendulum number one. Number four car, Morgan McClure, now is driven by Bobby Hamlin, who had been with Petty Enterprises. Uh, the Haas Kranavis team merges with Penske. So Jeremy Mayfield is now a teammate with Rusty Wallace. Mayfield running the 12 car instead of the 37. A new team for Bill Elliott, a second car with co-ownership by Dan Reno, driven by rookie Jerry Nadeau, who ran a little bit in the 97 season for the old one-car PBC team that won membership going or one number now going DEI. A new car at Roush Racing with Johnny Benson behind the wheel, a Cheerios car. Uh, he had been with Bahari Racing in the 30 more and who replaced him in a minute. The Robert Yates Chesco Havlin machine now for a new driver, Kenny Irwin Jr., moving up from the truck series. Derek Cope moves from the 36 team to the 30 that Johnny Benson entered the year before. A new car sponsored by Tabasco, and a car that would fittingly be called the Tabasco Fiasco later on. Todd Bodine driving that one. Ernie Irwin leaves Robert Yates with Kenny Irwin coming in and now drives the 36 Skittles machine. Sterling Marlin left Morgan McClure, where he won two Daytona 500s in a row from 94 95. He replaces Robbie Gordon in the Sabco Coors Light machine. John Andretti heads back to Petty Enterprise, where he drove for a bit in 1994. Andretti driving with, previously with Cale Yarborough. Wally Dahlenbach's in the 46. There have been a Sab, new Sabco third car. He teams with Marlin and Joe Nemechek. Ricky Craven's number 25 Hendrick Motorsports Budweiser machine. is now number 50 on our 50th anniversary. Kevin LePage is a rookie as well, running for Joe Falk, a part, team that would eventually topple down drive later in the season. LePage would end up in route, replacing Ted Musgrave. Chad Little's team number 97, which would have been Mark Ripon Racing. John Deere's sponsorship is now owned by Roush. And Greg Sachs replaces John Andretti in the 98 car. He had been with multiple teams in 1997. Also, this was supposed to be the debut of the new Bud Moore car with Tim Steele. And his family co-owning that car. Steele was a dominant force in ARCA at that point. But he was injured in a testing crash in Atlanta in 97. And that pretty much derailed his career. So a lot of changes going on here, Brett. What stands out for you? I'm assuming the Taurus. That's the big thing was the Ford Taurus, um, especially when the Chevy Monte Carlo first debuted in 1995. Um, like Ford and Pontiac to an extent were behind the eight ball, and Chevy dominated for most part. I mean, Ford kind of caught up a little bit in '97. I mean, they almost got the title, but this Ford Taurus now with a rounder nose, nose and this different body style was probably what Ford's answer was to the Monte Carlo at this point. Because, um, like I said, Chevy was just dominant the whole time and. 
Ford now trying to step up their game in the Cup Series. That's the main thing for me was the Ford Taurus body. The other big thing, of course, is Dale Earnhardt's 20th attempt to win the Great American Race. We could go through every one of his attempts. We'll go through the main ones where he didn't win. 86, battling Jeff Bodine late, runs out of gas. 1989, fuel mileage race, him and Kenny Schrader are probably the best cars in that race, but Darrell Waltrip out mileages them. 1990, Earnhardt looks like he's going to win. Blows a tire going into turn three. Pain. <laughs> Major pain. Derek Cope becomes the face of Daytona for one year. Uh, 91, Earnhardt attacks a seagull in the backstretch early in the race. He's battling for the lead late with Ernie Irvin, but him and Davey Allison get together off of turn two. 93, leading coming to white flag. Gets passed by Dale Jarrett. 95, Earnhardt pits for tires late and comes storming through the field, but can't pass Sterling Marlin. 96, finishes second to DJ again. And 97, flips down the back straightaway and drives his car after it flips. That's exciting. Yeah, he flipped his car and he got out of the car, looked at it, and said, ah, I'm going back in that car. I'm going to drive it back anyway. He left around for a couple laps after that. <laughs> You're like Junior. It was like a southern, a more older Junior speaking there. Huh? <laughs> Junior, that's your dad. <laughs> but it's best if it was like a 95. 1995, he didn't win the 12. He said, I never, I never won the 500. And then Benny Bart goes, and you're still having. I ain't going to Disney World either. <laughs> it's 1925. He's supposed to win the damn thing anyway. Uh, great stuff. Uh, so the rest of Speed Week's 98, we'll kind of go through here leading into the 500. Um, the 24 Hours of Daytona was held on January 31st and February 1st. The, quote, Can-Am class, which I guess is just prototypes. I don't know why to call it that. Anyway. I don't know either. Uh, Ferrari 3831, Jean-Pierre Moretti, Ari Leindag, Moro Balding, Didier Taze. Second, GT1, Porsche 911, uh, winning their class. Alan McNish, Danny Sullivan, York Miller, Uli Alonzi, and Dirk Muller. Uh, at GT911 was uh, third overall. Christoph Bostu, Patrick Grusselard, Carl Rosenblatt, and Andre Rillard. Time for butchering names, kids. Uh, four, a GT2 Porsche 911, Tony Steller, Weedle Rosler, Peter Kitchak, Angelo Zardin, Frank Conrad, and six overall winning GT3 class of BMW N3 with Bill Oberlin, Boris Said, Mark Duez, Peter Cunningham, and Didier Durauz. Other drivers of note in the event, team that included Tony Khan and Robbie Buell, a team of James Weaver, Dursey Schrader, Rob Dyson, Elliot Forbes Robertson, Butch Leitzner, John Paul Jr., Perry McCarthy, Rob Dyson as a team, Terry Butson was racing, Max Pappas, teammates of Ron Fells, Lindsay James, teammates of Pete Halsmer. A team that include Hurley Haywood and Derek Bell, Bill Lester's in the race, Johnny O'Connell's in the race, an all-game team of actor Jason Priestley, David Empringham, and Scott Maxwell, a team of Andy Wallace, Scott Pruitt, Raul Boisel, Doc Bundy, Elzeo Salazar, a team of Brian Revin and Bryce Cobb, and then Wayne Taylor and Jack Baldwin driving for other teams. That's a lot of drivers of note. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of drivers, but like, um, like, IMSA, like IMSA racing and endurance racing in general at that time was kind of going through a transition phase. When the GTP era basically died from like 92, 93, when it basically died. So it was kind of a transition era. So it wasn't really much of a top class per se before eventually, I think maybe like early 2000s when LMP won and started to become a, a thing in endurance racing. Uh, February 7th was pull qualifying for Daytona 500. Terry Labonte was considered favorite. He ended up second with a lap of 192.127. Bobby Labonte, his brother, beats him out for the pull 192.415 miles per hour. First time brothers on the front row for the Great American Race. Ken Trader, the third fastest, but a little bit slower than Labonte's 191.787. The rest on speed for top 10. Dale Earnhardt, John Andretti, Mike Skinner, Derek Cope, Russie Wallace, Bob Button, and Lake Speed 
Those top two, obviously, the Labonis locking themselves into the 500. That night, Dale Earner becomes the first car ever to run under the lights at Daytona, runs 20 laps, and to try to figure out some of the lighting stuff for the Pepsi 400, which is supposed to run in July, but we'll get to why that ran in the fall later on. On February 8th, a Sunday, was the Bud Shootout Qualifier, which I think was the top second round qualifiers to get into the Bud Shootout. Jimmy Spencer won it over Lake Speed, Dale Earnhardt, Stuart Martin, and Jeff Bodine. Then the Bud Shootout, double file restart rate, Gordon either misses the shift and breaks the transmission, or Rusty jumps him massively. You be the judge. Rusty wins if helped on the back straightaway by Kenny Wallace. Bill Elliott is second, or third, I should say, then Jimmy Spencer and Ken Schrader. Young Brett probably mad. I don't remember anything from that. I don't think I even watched that. <laughs> uh, also that day, the first plus 200 arc race, Kenny Irwin Jr. winning that one as he gets ready for his first all-time cup season. Mike Wallace, Andy Hillenberg, not sprint car driver, Mark Thompson, and Ron Barfield Jr. your top five. By the way, Kyle Petty was an analyst for the Bud Shootout qualifier and the first plus 200. Let me, <laughs> what a hero. February 12th, the twin 125s. Shocking development. It's the 90s, so Earnhardt wins a twin. Wire to wire over Mike Wal- Michael Walter, Mike Skinner, Ernie Irvin, and Rusty Wallace. Twin number two, Sterling Marlowe wins over Dale Jarrett, Bobby Labonte, Jimmy Spencer, and Ward Burton. We'll get to some of the guys who missed from that in a little bit when we go to the grid. February 13th, the Goodies Dash Series, Discount Auto Parts 200. Mike Swain Jr. wins over Robert Huffman, who I believe is Landon's dad. Uh, Doc Brewer, Ricky Bryant, and Danny Bagwell were your top five in that one. Oh, the Goodies Dash. That's such weird-looking cars to have, have those things on Daytona. When they showed him on speed, like in 02, that race was lit. Uh, yes, that is Landon's dad. Yeah. Lynn Huffman runs windshield deep and also an eye racer. Uh, the IROC race was shortened by rain by 10 laps, I think it was. Jeff Gordon wins over Jeff Burton, Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt, and Ari Leindyke, your top non-cup driver. Then the day before on Valentine's Day, the Bush Napa 300. Joe Nemechek wins over Jeff Purvis, Mark Martin, Buckshot Jones, and the two-time defending series champion, Randy LeJoy. Jonia making his debut flips down the back stretch. Well, his debut ish full time season, I should say. He goes on to win two straight championships. I don't remember that either. <laughs> There's a great it's interview good. with Junior on the. Because Junior got concussed in that wreck. We didn't realize that time. He was just. T- everybody, everybody laughed at the interview. I'm like, oh man, I'm dizzy. <laughs> I, I, think, I don't know if I don't remember much of these speed weeks or not. Probably for the best, I guess. You can watch a junior flip later. Uh, so yeah. this broadcast, of course, this is during the CBS's long reign. <clears throat> excuse me, as the voice of the Daytona 500 from 1979 until 2000, when the TV deal switched. Your t- your host, the guy who've been calling the race forever on CBS, Ken Squire, now moves into the studio role. Uh, Mike Joyce taking over the play-by-play. Fun fact: This is Joyce's first 500 on TV as the play-by-play guy. And he's on every 500 cents except three. At the first part of the TV deal, Fox and NBC split Daytona 500. So, in 2002, 2004, 2006, NBC broadcast race. Alan Bestwick was the play-by-play voice for 02 and 04. And then in 06 was Bill Weber. Uh, his analysts, Buddy Baker and Ned Jared Indipitz, Dick Bergen, Ralph Shaheen, and Bill Stevens. Overall, pretty darn solid broadcast crew. Yeah, especially... Just different mix of null knowledge and different things like that. It was pretty, it was very solid broadcast around even hearing Ken Square. It was a little bit different not having him in the booth per se, but uh, it was, Mike Joy did a pretty decent, good job, I thought. 
Uh, the intro, we don't play the whole intro. Uh, we have a long bit talking about the 50th anniversary season of NASCAR and all the stuff that's happened in Daytona. Uh, Richard Petty showing up in an NFL Players Association coat was a power move. Uh, and then Cale Yarbrough and Bobby and Donnie Allison were to fight each other in the infield. Uh, of course they were. Because uh, 79. Um, also, the CBS music, as you hear, that's the well, the themes you're going to hear. All, this, all the music is balling. Uh, yeah. And also, unlike today, we get the start of the race with the command from Governor Gantz, Governor Bill Graves, you heard, six and a half minutes into the broadcast. As far uh, as I know, there was no pre-race show. Uh, you, people don't know how good things were back then. Race started at noon, it was great. Uh, also, this is apparently the largest crowd in Daytona history. Hmm. Were they still that for a year? I don't know if he's that still, but... I would assume. I don't know what the largest crowd has ever been for the 500. I'd have to look that up. Well, it's probably changed now. Like, it may have been more if they had those backstretch grandstands. So, maybe bigger before that, or after that, I should say. Does this tell me the attendance for Daytona 500s? All right, this actually does tell me. Um, let's see. Some of it isn't necessarily available. Um, it looks like the record was 03 and 05 of 200,000. Yeah, and that was the time when they had that backstretch grandstand. And I'm not sure when that was taken down, but that was when they had it back then. Anyway, let's get to the entire starting grid. I'll give you some notes here as we go along here in a second. 56 teams came to Daytona. 43 will start the Great American Race. Here's the starting lineup. For the first time ever, brothers are on the front row. The Labonis, Bobby and Terry. In row two, Sterling Marlin, two-time winner, and Dale Earnhardt, his 20th try to win this race. Dale Earnhardt, a two-time winner, and Mike Waltrip, second in their qualifying race. Jimmy Spencer, winner of the Bud pre-shootout, and Mike Skinner, last year's pole sitter. Ward Burton, eighth last year, and Ernie Irvin, the 1991 winner. Derek Culp, who was in victory lane in 1990, and Rusty Wallace, his 16th try to win the big race. Jeremy Mayfield, sixth last year, and Jeff Burton, fifth two years ago. Mark Martin, his best finish is third in 95, and Lake Speed, second in 1985. John Andretti won the 400-miler here last July. Andy Hillenberg, two-time ARCA champ. Bill Elliott, a two-time winner of the 500, next to rookie from Vermont, Kevin LePage. Chad Little, his seventh 500, and Bobby Hamilton, new into a car that has won here three times. Mike Wallace hopped in Phil Bartdahl's car early in the week. Greg Sachs, last eight years, eight different teams he's driven for. Jeff Bodine, the 86 winner, next to Connecticut rookie Jerry Nadeau. Rick Mast finished fourth in 1991, and Joe Nemechek won yesterday in the 300-miler. Jeff Gordon, defending champion of the 500, and Robert Presley makes his fifth start. Ken Schrader, a hard crash Thursday, but he's ready to go for that million-dollar bonus, and Ricky Craven, 30 year ago. Long Island rookie Steve Park driving for Earnhardt and ageless Dick Trickle. Dave Marcus, his 31st straight 500, and rookie Billy Standridge. Ted Musgrave finished fourth here in 95, and rookie Kenny Irwin Jr. Kyle Petty, third generation driver, and Ricky Rudd, third in 81. Steve Grissom, last year the front row, this year the back row, for he and provisional starters Brett Bodine and the champions provisional to the 1989 winner, Daryl Waltrip. So as mentioned, the first time brothers are on the front row. Also, shout out to Mike Joy for turning Dale Jared into Dale Earnhardt and calling Dale a two-time winner. You love it. <laughs> right. Also of note, this is the first of the Noble Five, which replaced the Winston Million. Um, 
so every there'd be five races a year, five different drivers go for a million dollars, and paired with a lucky fan to get the million. So the five drivers are eligible this year: the Labonte brothers, Bobby and Terry, Ken Schrader, John Andretti, and Ernie Irvin. Also, DW wearing the brief right strip on his nose. Welcome to the late nineties. Your DNQs, there's a lot. Wally Dollenbach, David Green, Gary Bradbury, Jeff Green, Norm Benning, Hutch Strickland, Loyal, Mike Schicchetti, Mark Gibson, Johnny Benson, Todd Bodine, Dan Partis, Kenny Wallace. Uh, Johnny was involved in the last track wreck when David Green got into Ken Trader. Trader goes head on into the wall, cracks his sternum. We'll get some more of that as the race goes on. And Benson gets involved, so he misses on his debut at Roush. And apparently, reading an old newspaper article, Loy Allen apparently attempts to fight Kenny Wallace in the pits after the race. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Must have been like a last lap pass, or like a wreck on the last lap or something like that, besides the one that Benson got involved in. That was that was trying to stand out was definitely Johnny not qualifying. Um, and also, that, that, like, top about I not qualifying that Tabasco car. Like, that was, like you said, the Tabasco fiasco. Um, if you want to know more about Dash, you can check uh, Slap Shoes on YouTube. He has a thing regarding like sponsors, this and that, car owners, and he has a thing regarding that Top Bodine team. Uh, on boards, there's a lot. Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, uh, Jeff Bodine, Rick Mass, Jeff Gordon, Ricky Craven, Kenny Irwin, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Burton, and John Andretti, and something that I had no idea about. Roof cams are back. Yeah, roof cams for some reason were taken out in 1997. Um, but CBS was somehow able to bring it back with NASCAR's approval in the 500. And I don't know if something happened in 97 that caused this to, to, to take him off, but that's a strange and I never really thought of that. Well, it's time to go racing here. Here's the start of the race with our celebrity flag man, Dan Marino. Pretty quiet out there as the lights are out on the Pontiac safety car. Those butterflies are turning in the stomachs of those drivers, but they're about to leave them here right now. And to start the 50th anniversary season of NASCAR, the 40th Daytona 500 is underway. cars uncoiled down the back straightaway. <laughs> From overhead, turn four. A new look at this race. Boy, that's exciting to see that. I've never been that high, but I felt like I have when I got the wall here a few times. But look at these cars, already three wide down through the trioval here. The Labonte brothers are working together. Sterling Marlin in third spot there. They go right to the bottom of the racetrack in the early part of the race. But you have a few of them trying to top side already. A couple things of note from the early part of the race. Gordon gets a terribly slow start, apparently. Um, it turns out, I guess, he was trying to avoid a slow car in the start and slow down a bit. Also, there's an amazing camera, which never use, they don't use anymore, which is like an overhead crane shot of the guys coming through three and four. You have drones! You can use them! <laughs> yeah, they have drones, but like they don't know what they're doing today with the drones. Except for Dervish, they know what they're doing. And, yeah, like I saw some shuffling at the back, 
does Gordon start deep in the field? Um, and I guess I thought Gordon had like an issue with the. I know he was like mid pack, but I guess they like said they reported later on he went to the apron to avoid a car. Must have been slow coming up for the gears, or maybe a misshift, and that's why he had to avoid that car. So avoid some really trouble early on. Uh, Bobby Labonte takes the lead at the end of lap five. Him, Terry Labonte, and Sarah Martin top three. Michael Walter and Dale Earnhardt side by side for fourth. Uh, a few laps in, er Ernie Irvin McGresson down the backstretch inside of Jimmy Spencer. They mentioned him being one of the fastest cars all week. Uh, Dale Earnhardt up to fourth. Derek Coe up to fifth by lap eight. We learned that Roger Penske is spotting for Rusty Wallace. Uh, on lap nine, Sterling Marlon gets inside of Terry Labonte. Dale down backstretch. Garland gets the spot. DJ up to fourth on lap ten. Gordon then goes super aggressive off a of turn four down the apron battling Chad Little. <laughs> uh, I went to the inside. Like, I don't remember, like mid-pack or like in the back of the top ten. Like he goes to the apron. Chad Little blocks the heck out of him. And they go almost four almost four wide. But you see, like, you see back then, you can go below the, well, I guess the yellow line or white line. You can go to the apron and make a pass there. And they have enough respect to actually make you make the pass. That's a novel concept in itself. Uh, later we get to learn more about Schrader. They're talking about how you could potentially have the car to win the race. I think it kind of wrecked in the twins. Um, Morgan Shepard is a relief driver. In case um, Schrader can't go, he's got a flat jack of a tinge. And he's up to 19th from 43rd and going to the back. He asked Schrader how far is he willing to run. He goes, oh, the first 200 laps. <laughs> oh, Schrader. Uh, great guy. Great stuff all around. Uh, Marlon gets a one, run in one and two, goes for lead up high. He takes it down the back straightaway. Derek Hogan goes at the third. We go to commercial lap 15. During the break, raise hell, praise Dale. Uh, Dale is in the lead now with Bobby Labonte, Sonny Marlon, Derek Cope, Terry Labonte, top five. Skinner's up to six and a big pack behind him. We learn that Dale and Bobby both had engine changes. You'll hear more about the Dale engine change if you want lessons to the Larry Mack second appearance in the Dale Jr. download last year. And also we learned Bahari Racing, Derek Cope, is working with an F1 team. I tried to find what this was. I couldn't find a thing about it. I, I don't know like, how they managed to work with an F1 team on NASCAR stuff. I'm really puzzled by that. I mean, how did they get the money to even do that when they're only a single car team? And I don't know. They had that big Pennzoil money. Richie Gilmore. <laughs> Richie Gilmore engines. Um... Move fast moves the first 20 laps. Talk about sure already. Gordon's up 16 spots. Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Kyle Petty's up 21 spots. Uh, the pack closes in. Skinner, Irvin, and Mikey making it three wide for six. Marlon is settled back up high. Marlon's apparently loses at this point. Cope moves up to third. Kyle Petty pits in lap 35, which seems way too early. It it seems to have been unscheduled because they mentioned there may be like 45, 50 laps on fuel. Unless it was like some huge undercut that Kyle Penny was trying, it had to have been unscheduled and it threw him completely off sequence compared to the rest of the field. Undercut, what is this, F1? Yes. A couple laps later, Larry Max says we can run 60 to 62 laps on fuel. How is that even possible? Unless it's like half throttle in the corner or something like that. There's no way that's possible. I didn't think at the time. Uh... What else we got here? Bobby Labonte is foreshadowing Larry and Race. Gets a run on the high side in the three with Cope coming with him. We find out that Dale's tire care, Dave Rogers, just showed up. His wife had a kid this morning. Bobby Labonte takes lead at the line. The following lap, his brother Terry has a fun moment. Jeremy Mayfield's number 12 inside of Jeff Gordon. And Jarrett. Terry Labonte inside and he bumps Derek Cope. 
you'll see a big black donut, a wheel mark on the right side of Labonte's yellow and white machine. Here comes Ernie Irvin making it three wide into turn one. These guys are going at it like it's the last lap. And it's only the 38th lap. Now Gordon has moved down to the oh. inside and is working, and there Terry Labonte gets another bump into Mike Skinner. And Skinner may have brushed the wall in that encounter. Gordon, Rusty Wallace go by unscathed. Is it way too early for oh. this kind of action? Oh, way too early, Mike. No <laughs> question about that. But as Larry McReynolds pointed out, the track is beginning to get slicker now. The tires are getting hot. They've been out there for almost 40 laps, sliding around a lot. Terry Labonte is definitely having a little bit of trouble with his car. You can see the back of his car losing grip, getting a little bit sideways off the corner, and he had to chase it up the bank, and he got into Mike Skinner getting off the corner over there. Skinner hit the outside wall. Lucky we didn't have a caution there. So lap 37, according to Terry, which might be lap 36, it's hard to say. Cope and Terry Lamonti door slam coming in the line. Irvin makes it three wide for third going to turn one. Terry's in the sucker hole, gets dead sideways, goes up into Skinner, who slaps the fence. Mayfield drops the fifth. So not a good couple of laps for Terry Lamonti. And realistically, after that point, I don't think he was ever really in contention. No, that damage probably hurt his car because um, the arrow. And the draft package, like, he couldn't get away with damage like you could today. Um, if you have damage in your car today, you can, if you're still in the pack, you got a good chance at it. But I think the damage really hurt the car for uh, Terry. And, um, yeah, you were saying he wasn't really a factor after that. Mm -hmm. We get to lap 42 a couple laps later after the Terry Labonte adventure. And, oh, great, Jeff Gordon's up to six. Yep. Gordon first rocketing for the field. I mean, he said, you can make passes. Um, and whatnot, if everyone's side by side and whatnot, you can't make runs and whatnot. But it seems like if you get single file, you can definitely break away from the two by two. Um, but then if you start battling or if more cars start to get in the line, that's when the pack kind of moves up. It's kind of an interesting dynamic, I guess, the way the arrow package works, but you can still make moves and come for the back to the front. Uh, so we come back from a break at lap 45. Earnhardt leads, followed by Ernie Irvin, Derek Cope, Jeremy Hill, and Jeff Gordon. Bobby Labonte is seven behind Rusty and Skinner for leading next pack. Irvin is hunt out to dry as a comeback break. That puts Cope in the second. Where's this Bahari car getting good speed? Johnny Benson probably throwing things at his television and watching this race. <laughs> Michael Waldrop almost gets in the fence in one and two. Then everybody starts pitting. It's our pits. Um, couple things of note. Lap 53 is uh, Sterling Martin locks up behind everybody's pitting for the Penske side of things and he completely misses the pits. Rip your chances, buddy. Uh, and Ricky Craven backs up right into Robert Presley for some reason. I did not. I didn't get that. Far. I didn't realize that Martin missed his pistol, but uh, I saw the lockup. But yeah, that was a bad situation for Craven back up to Robert Presley. So Wallace taking an exit lap around the pit, edge of the pits, that pretty much ruins his chance at the 500. Um, the last side of the pit stops in that cycle is at lap 57, where you got Earnhardt, Cope, Bonnie, and Skinner pitting. 65 mile power speed limit compared to 55 today. Nice log by Dale. Chocolate Myers in the gas, baby. As it cycles around, great. Gordon's leading. Rainbow Warriors do it again. Rusty Wallace is behind him, and you can see Marlon exploded a tire as he was pitting because he locked up the first time. Yeah, well, it got back to worse for Sterling Marbury at the Jeff Gordon and the nickname the Rainbow Warriors, and a 17-point second stop, and Earnhardt had a 21.4. So pretty much that was the reason why Gordon and Wallace and we were just blow by for the race lead on the F57. Gordon kind of dominates the next part of the race. Um, lap 67, Kevin LePage is under the hood. It was some engine problems. It turned out it would ruin his day later. Um, 
At this point, a four-card train of Gordon, Rusty Wallace, Ernie Irvin, and Dale Jarrett. Chad Little joins up later, but Mark Martin gets by him for fifth. For uh, some reason, Chad Little is now sixth, and Earnhardt goes seven. Warburton eighth as Terry drops back. Uh, we learned in nineteen and we learned in nineteen fifty nine the first five hundred Fireball Roberts apparently went from forty six to first for twenty three laps. I mean, it's it's probably possible to do that from forty fourth to first today. In twenty three um, laps, man, probably more laps than that. You have to like get a tandem or something and carve with the feel about smashing into someone, but it'd be more easy to do it Dega probably. Uh, fuel pump issue on lap 57 and fireballs day in inaugural 500. Around that same time, Michael Waltrip almost runs Jerry Mayfield down the track out of turn four. Uh, as lap 72, as Gordon runs behind Marlon's lap car, Martin goes to the outside trying to get third from Irvin. He does that and brings DL with him. Uh, we come back in lap 76. Gordon has already lapsed Jerry Martin is now chasing down Jerry Nadeau with Rusty, Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt giving chase. Little tries a move on Dale Earnhardt. Dale's like, nah. He takes the, though, gets the, uh, four position off of turn four. Bobby Labonte outside the fifth pass. Dale. Dale circles it back to final lap for fifth. And then Dale and Bobby get by Chad Little for fourth and fifth down the backstretch. We didn't get the Aflac trivia question, which is very easy. When was the last driver who went back to back in total 500s? That happened three years ago. Sterling Marlin won in 94 95. Aflac. And I think the most recent guy to do it would have been Hamlin. I believe. So yes, which would have been in 2019 and 2020. Yes, I'm yeah. just going to confirm that, and the answer is yes. Because uh, everybody else has done it with, with spaces in between their wins. Uh, but yes, Hamlin's second and third wins were in 2019 and 2020. Anyway, um, we go back to the action here. Uh, Dale gets by Mark Martin for third as Martin falls back. Richard Petty picks again. Uh, around lap 92. Rusty says, nah, to Dale trying for second going into turn three. We come back to lap 98. As this long green flag run continues. We're talking about how Buddy Baker's lap record or speed record could be in jeopardy. Gordon leads, followed by Rusty, Dale Earnhardt, Bobby Labonte, and Jerry Mayfield. We learn that Dale has never led laps 96, 97, 98, and 205 in, in his career at the 500. One of those will change today. We'll find out which one later. Spoilers. Um, Gordon leads a $10,000 bonus at halfway. 14 times a year at halfway has won a ton of 500. Gordon says at lap 102, I don't know what we can do to make this car any better. Great. <laughs> hey, you got a good shot at it, man. Jeff Gordon, right here, Rainbow Warriors. Ignore that comment. Um, yeah. We're back to green flag pit stops here again. Ernie Irvin leaves that first brigade in lap 104. A couple laps later, the entire lead packs pits, and let's see what happens. 4,200, Bill Strike, put on the brake. Dave got him in. That is crew chief Ray Evernham, former modified racer himself. He's crew chief and mentor to Jeff Gordon, the race leader. Are they going to pit? Yes, they are. All five, hey, hey, all 10, 12, 14, 15 of the top drivers <laughs> coming in right now. Feeding time at the zoo, here they come. 65 miles an hour, hit road speed. Ralph Shaheen. 
Oh, the crew is ready to go here in Jeff Gordon's pit. They come around to the right side of the car. Shane Marshall, Mike Trower going to work with one known as Thunder Guns. The impact wrench is a spin at over 10,000 RPM to get those plug nuts off as quick as they can. Right side, Shane. They're going to work on the left side. Sticker tires, basically brand new tires going on all four corners. Sinek Bergeron. Well, he's just had a great stop. A little bit over 18 seconds. He has beaten Earnhardt out of pit road. Jeremy Mayfield will follow Earnhardt down the 18. To oh. oh, trouble on pit road. Dale Jarrett spinning on Oh, we road. have another one. More cars spinning. Trouble on pit road. Jeff Bodine hit Dale Jarrett coming down pit road. Jarrett was coming out of his pits. Bodine headed into his. Ward Burton, Ward Burton also got tagged to turn around and pistol. You see him trying to get straight again. And that's going to be a costly pit stop for several drivers, those that had the misfortune of being especially, turned around. Especially Jeff Burton in the Roush number 99, who had to back away from pit wall once the lane was clear and then pull in. Pit stops continue. Dick Trickle, Bill Elliott, Steve Park, Jeff Bodine. Let's show you what happened on pit road as second round of stops under green. Okay, we see the driver there, Jeff Gordon, leaving the pits. Here comes Dale Jarrett right here coming out of the pits. And back there is, oh. he hits, see Jeff Bodine was coming into the pits. He didn't, apparently the spotter didn't tell him another car was on the outside, so he went right out into Jeff Bodine. Spun Jarrett down to the inside. And, and coming into the pits, Jeff Burton coming into his pit stall had to spin out to miss Jarrett. I'm gonna make a prediction. He was looking at the wreck and almost overshot his pits and slammed the brakes on and almost spun out. That's what Jeff Burton looked like he did. See right there, oh, he got tagged. I seen something hit him there on the left rear corner. Right front badly crumpled on Dale Jarrett's 88. You see it from that in-car camera. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's all over for a lot of guys. So, okay, let's try to explain what happens here. DJ is trying to, Dale Jarrett is trying to avoid Mark Martin who's carving around Derek Cope's car. Jarrett gets into Jeff Bodine and spins in the pits. Then Cope punched Jeff, Bur Jeff Burton who's trying to pit in the X-side car. There's a rogue tire in the Cope pit, which would be a penalty now. Uh, as a result of this, Bodine, well, Bodine was pretty much out of it. Cope's got damage and is done. Burton's was never really intended out of it, and then DJ's done. Yeah, that was just, it was just a case of, like, you know, trying to avoid certain situations, and then, like I said, when he's on board, he was coming up to board, but he didn't straighten out in time, banged in the, banged in the other car, he loses it, and then Burton, like I said, he was coming in, and Cope was coming out, and just, that's one problem sometimes on pit road, if one car comes in, the other comes out, and then, you know, Spa doesn't catch that, that car will hit the other car and spin him, spin him out, and that pretty much ruined the day for three guys, maybe four guys at the very least. Uh, Joe Nemechek stays out and and leads for a little bit, Ricky Rudd gets a black flag for some reason. Um, Martin, Gordon smells smoke from his car. It's turned out to be somewhere else. I wrote here, good. <laughs> That's what you want to hear. And Dale Jarrett's crew has Slugger Labby on it and Brad Parrott. Two future crew chiefs. Gordon, by the way, I was disappointed. There was no one I recognized in the Rainbow Warriors. No, I... There was probably just young guys, I guess. Or I, I, there was no one I recognized that. And, of course, Earnhardt, Danny Chocolate Myers. Yeah, there was no, like... Chad, there's no, oh, no Chad Canals. There was no, yeah. there's no Canals. I think, uh, was Latarda Rainbow Warrior at some point? He may have been. It all feels like it kind of blurs together at some point. Oh, probably. All right, so, uh, we get back going. 
uh, at lap 115. No caution here. Come back from break, by the way. Uh, my, uh, your top four after all this is Gordon, Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, Jerry Mayfield. Uh, around lap 20, uh, Mike Joy tells us to get your tickets to Rockingham next week. Yeah, good old Rockingham. Wait, that's not around anymore. Pain. Y- yet. Hopefully, him and our folks will come back soon. Uh, in the beginning of some traffic here, uh, Dale tries to get past Rusty and Gorman is held up by Rick Massoff, too, in the high side. It's a four-car dash from Mayfield. The other three go high to get by Gordon Earnhardt back to lead. And right around that point, we have this. You can see Jeff Gordon right on the white line there. He seems to be... I got a straight tire down low on the back stretch. And you've got Ward Burton slow in the back straightaway. That guy's throwing it all over. He's going into three right now. Spotters and crew chiefs talking with their drivers. And there is Ward Burton who has cut down a tire and will make it back around to pit road. You can hear Jeff telling Ray Everham there's stuff all over the racetrack back here. And caution is out for the first time today. The yellow flag waves over the Daytona 500. 125 laps of green flag racing now. We're under caution. CBS Sports coverage of the Daytona 500 continues after this message and a word from your local station. Now, at some point, I sent a clip to Brett. You see it like a tire carcass floating around or something on the front straightaway. Then you hear Gordon Screw talking about there's stuff all over the back stretch. War button has blown a right front tire down the back and a caution is out for the first time today. There goes our record pace. And the best part was that that was the first yellow of the day. They went that long about a, you know, compared to what you see today. Well, there's also the stage cautions, but, but still. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, back, we come back from break. Uh, the pit stops happen during the break. Rusty Wallace apparently wins the race off pit road. Uh, also in the sequence, though, rip Mark Martin. Yeah, he tried to pit. Well, he come out of his pit and he tried to shift. Um, sometimes with the concrete pit roads, um, sometimes they may grab or you have a mess up with the clutch or something, then bro- he broke the drive shaft and he couldn't get the car in the gear. So he was, he eventually got it fixed and back out track, but he was, he was done. Mm-hmm. Um, we get back to green, uh, Rusty, Dale, Gordon, who has a front air damage. Shoot, you hate to see it. Mike Skinner and Bobby LeBond are top five. We go back to green around lap 129. I don't know if the Gordon issue really affect them all that much in a way. Gordon gets a run the inside of turn two. Skinner slam drafts Dale down the back straightaways to get past Rusty. Uh, Earnhardt leads this point. It's two by two behind him with Skinner and Urban battling for second. Yeah, the, that air damper issue that Gordon had, and he said it cost his car to get a lot more tighter. Um, they could probably make adjustments on the car, like loosen up a lot more to compensate for it, but I don't think it affected Gordon that much in mm-hmm. the race. Um. Let's come back from a commercial. Mike Skinner had to lead for a moment, but Dale and Schrader get by him. Dale leads again. Schrader looks on the outside of the line, but doesn't get it. Dale gets it back through one and two round lap. One, four, two, three, takes the lead. Then we get another Aflac trivia question. Who had the most starts for winning at Daytona? It's Buddy Baker with 18. That might get broken. Yeah. Uh, take another commercial break. We come back at 49 to go. There's a seven-car train up front with Earnhardt, Irvin, Mayfield, Wallace, Schrader, Gordon. I think Mike Skinner behind him. Coming up next, men's ice hockey and figure skating for the Nagano Olympic, which I think would be taped late because I don't think it'd be on at 3 in the morning. Or it'd be like late morning in Nagano, going yeah. by what the time zones were in Beijing this week. Or last oh. week when you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, Gordon's going to get by Schrader a few laps later. 
And then Irvin is hung out on the high side as he gets passed by Jeremy Mayfield, Russ Wallace, and Jeff Gordon. Uh, we come back for break around lap 162. Everybody's talking Larry McGrell as they're trying to figure out fuel strategy, including Ray Evernham. Hey, I thought you were rivals. What the heck? That's something you probably would not see today is crew chiefs coming over and talking to other crew chiefs of when the pit. I feel like that's more of a spotter thing now. It, it probably could Well, spotter slash all the manufacturers pit. Yeah, about that too, yes. But that's when you get to see your Rex. You, <laughs> you love it. Probably caused by Brad. Ooh. Uh, also, Steve Park's done for today, and Jeff Burton's motor has gone poof. They're both never in contention. Uh, we come back of 28 to go. Uh, as everyone's mentioning, everyone's trying to figure out the pit stop side of things. We're expecting the pit stops around 20-some to go and that kind of thing. That's about to change. Working 172 laps, 430 miles complete. The story is Earnhardt striving, struggling to finally win this 500. Earlier this week, he told the press, everyone saw the look in John Elway's eyes. Look in mine. He's out in front, but there are two Fords deployed directly behind him. And before this is over, you can be sure they're going to be on the attack. Mayfield and Wallace working together. Let's go back to the call and Mike Joy. Ken, 28 laps to go. Eight times in 19 years, Dale Earnhardt has been in this position at this juncture of the race, in the lead. Four times. With the trouble on the back stretch. One car, two cars go sliding down the back straight away. John Andretti. Robert Presley, I believe, was the other car. And Andretti swerves around as they get down to the grass, and we are under caution. So that takes all that pit strategy away because they'll be able to make their pit stops under caution. Trouble! Robert Presley and John Andretti go spinning down the back straightaway. Uh, I think Andretti just basically ran into Presley and then just spun out, <laughs> if I recall yeah. from the replay. Right. Uh, pretty much that. So lap 173, lap 74, that pretty much ends the fuel strategy. So everybody's going to have the pit here. Let's see what happens. Pit Road will be the center of action as Dale Earnhardt leads Jeremy Mayfield, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Gordon, and every one of those 17 cars on the lead lap. Dick Bergeron. Earnhardt coming down pit road for what will be his final pit stop if all goes well. The plan, take two tires. That's what Rusty Wallace's plan is as well. Let's go to Bill. Rusty Wallace is in. Robin Pemberton said to his gas guys, get one can in and don't worry about it. Let him get out of here. Right side tires only. He's away with Mayfield. Earnhardt has the quick pit stop. It'll be Earnhardt leading the charge off pit road. And his teammate, Mike Skinner, gets out second. That could be a I'm major reminded point. of a conversation we had yesterday. Where to win the Daytona 500, you'd have to have a friend, and Earnhardt has his teammate right behind him. you got to remember something else, though. His teammate wants to win the Daytona 500. Two teammates. That's two teams right there. The first four positions. But this is going to be good. Raise hell, praise Dale's crew. The Flying Aces, I remember the Flying Aces at this point. Um, top three all took two tires, the guys that pitted, which were the Penske cars, and Dale. Dale and Skinner end up as a top two. Mayfield, Rusty Gordon, by the one who came out of the pits. Robin Penderman's not happy. He figures they took too much fuel in the car. It is starting to get overcast, but no rain, which they thought would happen during the day. Some notes from the pit stop. Skinner moved up from fifth to second. Irvin dropped from fifth to 11th. And Michael Walter ran over an air hose and falls to 18th. Rip. Why would you not be happy about putting too much fuel in the car? 
It's not the GWC uh, era? I guess. <laughs> but I guess because they put too much fuel in, they lost the race out of the pits? Mm, maybe that. You Or as you like to point out, it's Daytona. What does... <laughs> what does that even mean? Why does that even hurt you? All right, so restart on lap seven, 177 slash 178, depending on your, how you want to calculate the lap counter. Um, rip Mike Skinner on the restart. He gets completely hung out to dry, which means that the Penske boys are right behind Earnhardt, and there's a four-car pack of Bobby Labonte and Mike Skinner battling behind him. A big pack again in Susan lap 181 with Bobby Labonte and Jimmy Spencer getting into the mix. Lap 183, Gordon, shades of his 97 winning move, and what do you do a year later? Tries a super aggressive inside move, out of the tribal hunting turn one at Rusty. No dice. It shovels things up a little bit. Gordon shakes his fist at Rusty. I missed that part. I'm shaking his fist at him. But it yeah. cuts quickly to the onboard, and you can see his arm kind of in the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bonsai, kind of a bonsai move. Of course, he would do it the year before and a year later. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> just stuff like that. Like, but they were able like, to get away with that back then compared to today i mean it didn't really cause a huge wreck but still though um aggressive move and wallace didn't want to have any of it uh around that same lap i have an all capitals what line is dick trickle running down the back stretch he's looking like he's almost below the apron from a huge run down the back i thought he was in the grass <laughs> like what are you running <laughs> And he's not even on the lead lap, and he's flying for the grass. Uh, a couple laps later, Ned Jarrett says there's lucky you don't have a wreck. Ned Jarrett me watching a modern plate race. Uh-huh. Uh, lap later, Ricky Craven and Chad Little start door slamming. Uh, then we get to around lap 192, 93, 94, and we get into this sequence here. Things start going wild. They're still running average laps of almost 188 miles an hour, and they're getting close to that 500-mile mark. Eight laps to go. 20 miles, buddy. Guys, it hadn't been long. We had four cars in a breakaway draft. You have many cars now in contention. You see Rusty pushing up a little bit. Bobby Labonte looking on the inside as they head down the back straightaway. Labonte has Jeff Gordon with him. Mike Skinner to the inside. Rusty Wallace goes down like Cale Yarborough and Donnie Allison did on the last lap in 79. And here is Bobby Labonte on the outside, the green car. Jeremy Mayfield fighting back on the inside there. Jeff Gordon just up under him as they come down towards the front straightaway. It's a dogfight as these guys, Jimmy Spencer makes contact there. They're not going to wait for one to go. Seven laps to go. Here comes Mayfield right up against the bumper of Earnhardt again. Whoa! Right up under, but here comes Gordon now. Where did he come from? Gordon fighting on the outside. If he gets up under, look at this dog fight off turn two as they go down this long back straightaway. Wallace on the inside. Labonte way up on the outside, and somebody got shot out of the middle like a hot dog flying out of the bun. Here comes the teammates on the inside trying to drop by Jeff Gordon going into turn two. Give it to Mayfield. They had got separated there for just a moment now as they come off of turn four. Mayfield is right back there again, sticking his nose of his forward right up under Dale Earnhardt's Chevrolet. Bobby Labonte gets a run down the back stretches by Rusty. They're side by side of Jeremy Mayfield lane swapping. Spencer tries to block Schrader off a of turn four for seven. Then it's hard to say because it is on the onboard camera. There's some monster-ass blocking by Dale on Mayfield. One of my iconic shots in that race. Uh, Gordon then comes on the outside of Mayfield to go into turns one and two. Schrader flying up side by side 
behind Dale Earnhardt. Mayfield gets a huge run off of turn three and is right behind him. So we go to lap 194. We have Earnhardt, Mayfield, Gordon, Rusty, then Bobby and Schrader side by side as they head down the backstretch. Woo! Yeah, it was just a mass, mass brawl for the win. I mean, it was getting, it was getting late, so you had to go for broke, basically, to try and get the win in the, uh, in the 500. And like, the way the package was working, it was kind of hard to make the pass for lead, but you have to have like kind of guys almost two by two and like just disturb the air somehow or have someone bump driving or somewhere along those lines to get that run to make the passes. Well, there is one guy I think it could have pulled off. We'll get to that in a little bit. Lap 195, concerned lady shot. Schrader has fifth, and now Labonte's Valley Irving for sixth. Then on lap 196, greatness occurs, but not for Brett. Gordon is split down the back straight by Rusty Wallace and Ken Schrader and starts dropping back rapidly. It turns out that he has a cylinder going down. He drops back. You hate to see it. Yeah. Brett is mad. <laughs> <laughs> Young me was pretty, frust- pretty frustrated from that happening. Um, and... I still maintain to this day that Gordon had a good shot to win that race, I think. I I disagree. (laughs) Of course you would. Um, But yeah, I saw saw him get split, and that's pretty much when the problems started happening for for Gordon when it was all said and done. So he gets the final couple laps, and here's the big finish. Look at Bobby Labonte coming up on the outside by himself. He got a little help from Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy Spencer. Spencer bounces off the wall, keeps on trucking. Big, Two laps to go. Big time hit by Spencer, but I told you Bobby Labonte was moving just a little while ago. What a muscle move on the outside. Fastest qualifier here for the 500, showing his muscle now. Three makes in the 500, Chevy, Pontiac, Ford. That's how they run. But Earnhardt has a benefit. There's a slow car up ahead. And there's he trouble gets... coming off a of turn two. Some cars get strangled. It might be this. Whoever gets back to the start-finish line, they'll get the white and the yellow together. Lake Speed and John Andretti tangle as the leaders head for turn number three. Andretti and Spencer got together. This could be the Daytona 500. Bobby Labonte goes to the outside. Labonte up high. Earnhardt uses the lap car of Rick Bass to the, as a pick. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Finally, the most anticipated moment in racing. If John Elway can win the Super Bowl, Dale Earnhardt said he could win the Daytona 500. And if he comes around under caution to complete this final lap, the taste of long-awaited victory will be his. Wow, what a drive by Dale Earnhardt doing everything he had to do today. Bobby Labonte saying, boy, I needed that last lap. At the top of the show, you saw the steely eyes of Dale Earnhardt. I'll bet they'll be tearful when he pulls into victory lane. Let me tell you, it'll make the strongest man on earth cry when you win this race. It's special. Bobby Labonte comes across the line to the caution flag in second. Jeremy Mayfield's Ford third. Kenny Schrader with a shot at that $2 million bonus, as did Bobby Labonte. Checkered flag. Dale Earnhardt finally is a champion of the Daytona 500. Larry McReynolds, for the second time in this great race, will go to victory lane, once with the late Davey Allison, and today with Earnhardt. The run 
under the caution flag from turn three. He came up on Rick Mast, Rick Mast moved to the inside, and that's all Earnhardt needed, buddy, was just some racetrack up there to run on. Yeah, you can see Bobby Labonte and Mayfield hitting as they come down towards the trioval. Mayfield, not quite. <laughs> There's the crew, Larry McReynolds and his team looking at Earnhardt. Big hug from Richard Childress, the car owner. What Dick a Berkman. chance to win the eighth championship. Momentum. Richard Childress, you have tried so hard, so long you have done it. What is it like to finally win the Daytona 500? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, this team this year, we took all winter and I just, I can't say enough about Dale Earnhardt, Jim Goodwrench has stood behind and most of all, our race fans. Unbelievable. And there are people in this victory area that are in tears. They used to boo Dale Earnhardt when he was winning too much. That'll happen if you dominate any sport. But today, when they introduced the Intimidator, the crowd was full of cheers. I think everyone, if their favorite driver couldn't win the Daytona 500, they wanted to see this man drive to victory lane. You pull up for the check of the spoiler. One of the NASCAR officials calls underneath the car. 71st career Winston Cup victory for the second generation driver and seven time national champion. He said it to make a big man cry. There's Chocolate Myers of Earnhardt's crew. Well, it don't, don't get any bigger. But I tell you what, I feel about the same way. Look out on pit road. Every man on every crew has come out to the edge of pit lane to congratulate the man who has dominated everything there is to win in this sport, except this race, until today. That's great. There was Todd Parrott, Dale Jarrett's crew chief, other members, other team members of other... Andy Petrie was there. And this will be the longest receiving line in the history of celebrations. <laughs> wow. Yep, I've never seen that, Mike. Not that many. Not you know, normally ever. we'll see two or three or four teams come out there, but this is something. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I had about ten teams come out when I won this one, but look at this. Everybody knows what it means to the man that's done everything to finally get the Daytona 500. There's Derek Colt, or rather uh, Ernie Irvin's crew. There's NASCAR officials out there. There's Robert Presley's crew. Ricky Craven's team. NASCAR officials. He's shaking everybody's hand, too, if you notice. 59 races since he's been to victory lane. 19 Daytona 500s. Twice he led at the white flag and failed to take the checker in first place. But today belongs to the man who grew up at the corner of Coach and Sedan Street in Kannapolis, North Carolina, a mill town north of Charlotte where he worked underneath that house in a garage on his own race cars and those of his father to become one of NASCAR's two greatest champions. He and Richard Petty, the only two drivers with seven Winston Cups on their trophy shelf. 
Mike, he's a long way from Victory Circle yet, and the crowd's building. And Earnhardt, along with Bobby Labonte, Jeremy Mayfield, Rusty Wallace, and again, Kren Schrader, will have a shot at that R.J. Reynolds million-dollar bonus when they post it next time later this season. Last year at Darlington, South Carolina, some question. Earnhardt's ability to go 500 miles when he blanked out on the first lap at Darlington, South Carolina and had to climb from the car and go to the care center. Watch this circle. He's going to spin well, out. Ah, there goes the grass. Yep. Goodbye. A smoke show. <laughs> well, the fellow who drives his craftsman truck, Ron Hornaday, likes to do when he celebrates a victory. And now look at that throng. Can he get to victory lane from here? He's going to have to have a lot of help from a lot of security people Come to get on, there, guys. it looks like. I Don't want to hear what he has to say. Don't worry. He's won at this racetrack 30 times. He, better than anyone, knows the way to victory lane. So, Brent has talked about how you couldn't really pass anybody. One guy is defying that, and that's Bobby Labonte. He is flying up on the high side, up to fourth, battling Rusty. Then he catches Mayfield. Jimmy Spencer decides to attack a fence off turn four for no reason. Well, I guess there's no sections to, exceptions to how you can actually fly around the outside or make passes. Uh, lap 198, as it's happening, John Andretti and Lake Speed spin off of turn two. This is because of Spencer. They're trying to avoid Spencer. Andretti runs into him, and then Speed loses it and maybe gets turned by somebody. I'm not 100% sure. We find out on a replay later on. Dale catches Rick Mast. Mayfield and Bobby Bonnie are battling each other and banging off each other. Raise hell, praise Dale. He finally wins the Tona 500 his 20th attempt. We cut some Dale fans celebrating, and there's a guy pointing to his Bill Elliott hat and giving a thumbs down. <laughs> Why would he doing that? It's like that Kyle Busch fan yesterday. He dropped an F bomb at the wreck. But uh, Why was he upset? Busch is still in the mix. I don't know. You mean he thought he was done like we thought he was? I guess. But, uh, but yeah, that, that whole moment, like, that was pretty much like, if there was like a defining moment in NASCAR history, Daytona history, or anything like that in general, it had to have been this moment of, and Mike Joy's call of 20 years of try, 20 years of, frustra of frustration, and it just kind of all rolled into one for that iconic moment, and on the 50th anniversary season of NASCAR, it just, it was almost meant to be that day. Now, I just want to point out this, all you kids like green, white, checker finishes, if this had been in the rules then, Earnhardt probably wouldn't have won the 500! <laughs> Oh, can you imagine all the mayhem that would have caused? Brett wants that. Your champion, Ernie <laughs> Irvin. Oh, yeah. After a list of what races would have had GWCs back in the day. What? <laughs> it would have been going on. It would take like ages to figure that out. Um, but, yeah, that's my whole thing. Like, I, you like Green White Checker because it's caused chaos. But at the same time, if we had it, we would have won to 500. So. Yeah. Oh, you all suck. Uh, anyway, you hear the rest of the part of it. Chuck Myers is crying. Every man, every crew comes out. Earnhardt just notes in the grass. Um, also, this is a momentum for that eighth championship. No. That doesn't happen for a couple more years. Um, anyway, let's hear from the man himself as we go to old school victory lane. The most anticipated moment in the history of NASCAR racing. Dale Earnhardt rolling into victory lane in the Daytona 500. A 
Awaiting Dale Earnhardt is the man who brought the Daytona 500 to CBS, Ken Squire. The 20-year quest is over. Gates have just opened for Dale Earnhardt in victory lane at Daytona. Here's his wife, Teresa, coming to speak to him. One for Dale Earnhardt, perhaps one for Neil Bonnet as well. About to ratchet himself out of this beautifully prepared car. He said patience was what it was going to take, and patience is what he gave it. All right, getting on the hat. He's waiting on this, and he's ready to clamber out, ready to step out of car number three, the winner of the Daytona 500. Oh, going to have a drink of soda here. It's been a long time before refreshment here. All right, here he comes, out of his car, and listen to this. Two decades he's waited for this moment, and it's here, and everybody gets a bath. Dale. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. What a show. Yes. Here with Larry McReynolds and a big hug. And Richard Childress. Dale, how about that ride? How about it? Man, can you, can you believe it? For one, got an awesome race car, but for two, thank good Lord, for a good day. This race car did everything. The good Lord looked after it all day long. Good wrench. This is for all them race fans and all them people have been saying, Dale, this is your year. Dale, this is your year. And boy, a lot of them said it this year. All the way from Mr. France, all the way down to Todd Parrott and all the guys on the team. The Daytona 500 is ours. We've won it, we've won it, we've won it. And everybody took a shot at you at the end. Uh, I don't care who was taking shots at me. I was driving driving the mirror more than was the front. But, uh, you know, I tell you, these great sponsors, these great people that's worked with us and give us everything we need to win with. This is a good race car. The Spinny Clinton. Hey, David, congratulations on your baby. And, and uh, Larry McReynolds, Spinny Clinton, Richard Childers, we got one heck of a race team. We're going to win a championship this year. One for Dale and one for Teresa, one for Neil Bonnet, two today. Well, one for a lot of people, T. Wayne Robinson and, uh, uh, you know, old Neil Bonnet, my dad, everybody that's been in racing has been my friend that taught me, taught me so much, that touched my life. You, there's so many of them, I can't thank them all. My mom, thank you, Mom. I know she's back home. Dale Jr., hope you're not too sore. Carrie and Kelly, I love y'all. Uh, you've touched a lot of people here today, and we'll be back for the trophy presentation in a moment after these messages. You the man. You a bad man. Good job. You next, Good job, buddy. So your final running order. Earnhardt wins at his first win since 1996 at Atlanta when he won two of the first four starts. His 71st win. He has five more to go. Uh, in his career before his passing in 2001 to the 2500 uh, and his five 
three Dega wins, including one of them we've already for the podcast. Uh, rattling his cage in a photo finish in Atlanta. Dale's last wins were lit. Yeah. And Dale would have two more chances to try and win the 500. 1999, he loses to Jeff Gordon in a last lap battle. And then 2001, obviously, the race he was killed in was part of that wild race. Uh, why did Dale Earnhardt take in the grass for the spin? Well, because they're going to take the car away to Tony USA. And Dale saying about the pit crew, quote, Dale didn't choke in a pit row this year. <laughs> choke up their vote this year. Uh, Bobby Labonte ends up in second, his best 500 finish. He would have one more chance back in 2011. He basically pushed Trevor Bain to the win. Ah, tandem fest. <laughs> Brett loves it. Oh, yeah. 90 lead changes, baby. Let's go. <laughs> was it 90? Uh, I don't know. It, 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 some, for some reason, it got close. It was like 80, maybe, at least. You love it. You always love to see it. Uh, Jerry Mayfield ends up third. Mayfield's... Probably best chance to win the 500. He had some decent runs in later on. It's the start of a breakout year for him. Then Ken Schrader is fourth with this amazing interview. And let's join Dick Bergeron. With Kenny Schrader in what has got to be one of the gutsiest runs we've ever seen here in the Daytona 500. Kenny, how are you? I'm okay. I knew it'd be okay. I wore my Kenny Wall shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> and ice, ice packs and what is this yellow thing? That's a tins unit. It just shocks. Ooh, it shocks you bad enough that you forget about what hurts. <laughs> but we had it on, and we had a Copenhagen bull rider vest on, and we had a uh, arthroplastic on, and we were geared up for the crash, and never happened. What are you going to be like tomorrow? I'll be a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a million dollars, Ken Squire, Mike Joy, but Ken Schrader has done a great job today to finish fifth. So much happening here. Schrader wearing a Dirt Devil Kenny Wallace. <laughs> Shirt from like 93 slash 94 and then shocking himself with a tinge unit. <laughs> what a hero. Yeah. Rest of the running order. Rusty Wallace is 5th. Ernie Irvin 6th. Chad Little 7th. Mike Skinner 8th. Michael Waltrip 9th. Bill Elliott 10th. 11th through 20th. Uh, Kyle Petty. Bobby Hamilton. Terry Labonte. Ricky Craven. Jimmy Spencer ends up 15th. Gordon drops back to 16th. Lake Speed 17th. John Andretti 18th. They're the last cars in the lead lap. Then we get in the lap down cars. Kenny Irwin 19th. Ted Musgrave 20th. Jerry Nadeau 21st. Sterling Martin, 22nd. Mike Wallace, Repo 9, Warburton, your top 25. 26 through 30. Joe Nemechek, Dick Trickle. <laughs> Not in the lead lap, but driving like a... <laughs> driving like a menace. Uh, Steve Grissom, Andy Hillenberg, and Rick Mast. 31 through 43rd. Jeff Bodine, Robert Presley, Daryl Walter, Dale Jarrett, Billy Standridge, Dave Marcus, Derek Cope, Mark Martin, Greg Sachs, and four drivers out of the race. Jeff Burton with engine failure, ignition issues for Steve Park and Ricky Rudd, and an engine failure for Kevin LePage. Any thoughts on the running order before we get to fun facts? Not really on the running order. Like I said, though, that cylinder issue like, could have been a lot worse for Gordon. Having 16th, and they would have maybe a few laps or something like that. And maybe he would have even made the finish. So it was a tough situation, but it could have been a lot worse. Unfortunately for me, it gets worse watching Gordon the rest of the year. You'll see in a minute, but not for Brett. Uh, cautions only three for nine laps. A miracle. But only 13 lead changes. 19 at Dega, 20 at Dega, and 16 at the Pepsi 400 roundup season. This wasn't the most exciting. There's some good races, but it's not the most exciting era of plate racing, as Brett would tell you. No. Uh, the most lead changes that year, by the way, was in the Coke 600, 33. Average speed, 172.712. It ends up being the third fastest of all time, just ahead of 1985. The record, 177.602 in 1980, when Buddy Baker won, and 176.263 in 1987, when Bill Elliott won. Those are also non-restricted unrestricted races. Since then, only three races have had an average finish that was over 160 miles per hour. Hmm. I wonder why. Could it be because it's Wreckfest? Maybe. 
Um, the only those three races: 2015, which was Logano won; 2001, Earnhardt's Fatal Accident race won by Michael Waltrip; and 99, when Corbin won over Earnhardt Lake. So the rest of the 98 season. Gordon wins Rockingham. Mark Martin wins Vegas, the first race there, the first win for the Ford Forest. Nine of the top ten were all Ford Tauruses. Atlanta goes to Bobby Labonte. Wow, Bobby Labonte won Atlanta in this year. I'm stunned. <laughs> that race weekend known more for Steve Park breaking his leg, and I think it was a practice wreck, which leads to Darrell Walter taking over in the one car when his team shuts down. Darlington's won by Dale Jarrett. Ricky Craven is dealing with post-concussion syndrome issues that he has suffered from an accident in 97 at Texas. Randy LaJoy plays him and then Wally Dolan back later in the season. Gordon wins at Bristol. Mark Martin wins the second race at Texas. That race saw Mike Skinner suffer injuries and Greg Sachs suffer injuries, which pretty much ended his career. Martinsville, Bobby Hamilton wins. The last win, it turns out, for Morgan McClure Racing. Talladega goes to Bobby Labonte. That race features a 20-car big one on the front stretch, which involves Dale Earnhardt and Bill just destroying the wall. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Martin wins at California. That's Darrell Waltrip's last top five, though not his last race he contends in. Uh, also another big record for Bill Elliott with more flyer. The Winston! Good news! Gordon is out of gas leading on the last lap. You love it. Mark Martin <laughs> wins the race. <laughs> the crowd is rioting. Oh, they, yeah, they were rioting when Gordon ran up the old, like, how do you run out of the Winston, but... Oh, man. Everybody, everybody loves that era. You like people are like, oh, people don't like drivers. Like, oh, you weren't there for the nineties. People wanted to murder Gordon. Oh yeah, they booed they boo their heads off. I mean, we they boo their heads off at him. I mean, the clothes we had now was, I mean, Knoxville when they boo shots out of them. Oh yeah, we were, even like even like this year, they still boo shots out of the building at Knoxville. You love it. Um, the Coke six hundred, Gordon wins. Uh, that also marked the debut of Elliot Sadler, who will be a full-time rookie in 99. Dover's won by Dale Jarrett. Buckshot Jones making his second career start, running the 8th Circuit City car, replacing Hot Strickland, gets a top 10, the only one of his career. Richmond! Terry Labonte wins, but a lot happens. Gordon's taking the lead from Rusty Wallace at 30 to go. Rusty just basically dumps his ass and turns one into the fence. <laughs> the crowd celebrates. They, they were celebrating and rioting after Gordon got wrecked by Wallace. Uh... Problem though, after this, Gordon doesn't finish outside the top ten again for the rest of the season. <laughs> that, that, Thanks, that Rusty. Basically, <laughs> that basically just flipped the switch for Gordon and Hendrick Morris, which you'll see. Uh, also, that was the first ever time that a red flag came out with ten or less to go to have the finish race finish under green. Hmm. I think there was a pile up on the backstretch which led to that, but I it's been uh, years since I've seen that race. Yeah, I'm guessing it was that. I'll have to I, watch I, this after we're done. Uh, there's something else we are going to look up, I think, after we were done, wasn't it? Um, we'll discuss it after. Um, Michigan, Mark Martin wins that one. Pocono, Jury Mayfield gets his first win, passes Daryl Waltrip late. Sears Point, wow, Jeff Gore won a road course race. Jerry Nadeau tried to drive through the grass in the start of the race. Trying to drive through the grass? I'll send you that, cl- I'll send you that clip later. <laughs> I remember what it is now. It's the Bud Shootout and the Junior Flip. Things Brett never saw from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, that race, Gordon takes the point lead from Jeremy Mayfield and has it for the rest of the season. New Hampshire, Ricky Craven comes back for a little bit and gets a pull in his return. Jeff Burton, no wins. Uh, also the final race in Lake Speed's career. Speed suffered injuries at Sears Point. Uh, then Gordon wins four straight. He wins Pocono, Indy, which marks return to Steve Park into one car. Watkins Glen and Michigan. Gordon's the first driver to win four in a row since Mark Martin in 93. Martin prevents him from winning five in a row. 
uh, by winning at Bristol. New Hampshire, we get the de debut of Tiregate. Roush Racing assumes that Gordon is soaking tires because he's won two races by taking two tires. Hmm. Uh. That being was found from that. Uh, Gordon wins the Southern 500, his fourth in a row. Richmond, Gordon gets beaten on a photo finish by Jeff Burton. Dover, Mark Martin wins. That race saw the debut in the Cup Series of Matt Kenseth, filling in for Bill Elliott, Elliott morning of death of his father. Kenseth finishes sixth in the 94 car, uh, battling Junior for the Bush title in 98 99. Martinsville, uh, massive hot day in Virginia. I remember this race, seeing it live. Ricky Rudd's cooling system breaks, so he's pretty much dead, but wins his race for the 18th year in a row. I think he beat Gordon. And Rich Bingo gets a fourth place finish, the highest of his career. Mark Martin wins at Charlotte. It's a two-hour red flag because a sewer main would poof on the back straight away. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Talladega, Dale Jarrett wins. Ernie Irving gets injured in a big one. Not the career-ending injury he's ever in Michigan, but still would miss a couple races. In an event that would make Brett very excited now, Dega and Daytona were held on back-to-back -back weekends. Hell yeah. So, the Passover Hunter was supposed to be handled in prime time in the summer on CBS, but wildfires in Florida in July post- move the race back to October, the race ended up being held on TNN. Gordon wins. Um, I don't know what CBS was showing that night that they couldn't show it. I'm guessing SEC on CBS? Sure, we'll go with that. I'll have to look it up again. I'll, I'll have to find CBS TV schedules in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I'm going to find that. Maybe an old Sue Star. Anyway. Well, probably. Um, uh, hey, NASCAR. Schedule that again. Back-to-back Daytona Digger races. <laughs> Phoenix, or you would the all race to one run the other week the next week. Ooh. Yeah, now, we're, now we're talking. Uh, Phoenix was rain short and Rusty Wallace wins. Uh, that race ends, because it's rain short, ends Gordon's streak of 17 straight top five finishes. You love it. Uh, Gordon clinches the title winning at Rockingham. Then a rain short race to Atlanta, Gordon wins. His 13th win ties Richard Petty's 75 season for the modern era record. Only two drivers have gotten double-digit wins since then, Jimmy Johnson in 2007, and some guy named Kyle Larson last year, both with 10 wins. And one of them actually won the title. Ooh. Take, take a guess who that was. <laughs> Young Money. Gordon wins by 364 points for Mark Martin. Martin has like eight wins or something like that. Nope. <laughs> it's like that's statistically Mark Martin's best season ever, but Gordon just destroys him out of the water. Blows them off. Everything. Uh, remember, kids, never have a good season when you're... Anyway, face 98 Gordon. I'm just looking at the stats here, just a comparison. It. Uh, so Martin won seven races, 22 top fives, 26 top tens, average finish of 8.6. Pretty good, right? Yeah, we meet championship material. Let's see what Gordon did. Gordon won 13 races, 26 top fives, 28 top tens, average finish of 5.7. And like I said, like it, it was such a ridiculous run after he got wrecked at Richmond because it was kind of close for part of the season. But then he went on that ridiculous run after Richmond. Let me just see what the points were after Richmond here. I'm just double-checking that right now. Um, by the way, yes, there was a big-ass pileup. On the, there was a couple big-ass wrecks in the backstretch like in that Richmond race, which is why it was a red flag. Um, the points after Richmond, by the way, Gordon was third. Mayfield and Wallace had twenty were ahead by 25. Then Gordon on 46. Martin and Jerry 53 back. Terry was 93 back. Wow. <laughs> oh, indeed. Uh, and the rest of the top 10, Jarrett, Rusty, Jeff Burton, 
Bobby Labonte, Jeremy Mayfield, Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, and Bobby Hamilton. Season 0 isn't over yet. We're going to Motegi, Japan for the final three race exhibition series in Japan. Mike Skinner beats Jeff Gordon and the radio is excited. Gordon turns it up. Here he comes, cranking it up on the bottom. The Moving corner, closer, the inching it up. Here Clear. they come for the finish. Adam Skinner stays in front. Get it. Well, he's getting fined. <laughs> you mean fine out of the building today for that. Anyway, uh, Dale, Dale Dale Jr. and Dale Earnhardt raced the first time together in that race in the Coke cars. Yeah, finishes six. Dale is eight, and also Daryl Walter bringing the eighty-eight as uh, Dale Jarrett had surgery and missed out on that race. So there's the ninety-eight season. Brett's favorite, probably. Yeah, it was utter domination from Gordon after Richmond. <laughs> it's a great time to be a Gordon fan, unless you're everyone else. It was not a good time. The racing was great. Gordon winning was not. Anyway, the 98 to 500, as we wrap things up here, Brett, would you recommend this race as one people should go back and watch? Yeah, definitely would recommend for how historically significant this 500 was. Um, the racing itself, like, I'm kind of comparing this to the 2000 Winston 500. Like, the aero packages that day and the, this 500 were kind of different. So it wasn't quite as bonkers as that 2000 Winston 500 was. But like I said, for a sig historical significance, um, and the 50th season, Earnhardt finally winning the 500 those things alone are just worth the watch for this 98 Daytona 500. Yeah, as you kind of said, uh, it's a little bit different, obviously, than the modern package and what we saw in the 2000s. Um, but still pretty darn... I think the first part is kind of spreads out a bit just because there's not much happening. And also that long... Yeah. green flag run. But... The last... We would never have today. No, the last... 25 laps or so. That last sequence is fantastic. And then obviously, uh, because Dale wins, I'm going to recommend this, but I think it's definitely one worth checking out. Um, so there you have it. That's my favorite Daytona 500. Which one of Gordon's wins is Brett's favorite Daytona 500? You'll find out in the fall. It's either going to be 97, 99, or 2005. Hmm. Place your bets now. <laughs> Place your bets. Bet, bet um... Five crypto coins on which race is going to be the one I choose. Um, what was I going to say? In terms of the best 500 I've seen, I'm trying to think. I mean, if it hadn't been for the wreck in the last lap of 2001, that'd probably be it. Um, yeah. Probably 2011 just because it has Tandem Fest, Rex Galore, and a beyond epic winner. And I remember when I was that day. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Southern Ontario finishing curling. I think I was at... I was in Ford. It was about a month into Fort Francis. Anyway, that might be the best I've seen. There's been a few other good ones along the way. I mean, 79 is obviously great because of reasons. Yeah. But I don't think we've watched that in full, so we can't say. Anyway, uh, that wraps up for episode 36. Brett, thanks for joining us once again. We'll have you on here again here pretty soon. Um, it is a curling episode coming up. If you like voodoo kids, we mentioned that one before. You'll find out exactly what Chris and McCarville game we're doing uh, in a few weeks. Yeah. If you want to hear other episodes of the program, you can uh, go to anchor.fm slash Lucas-Carver directly into the show. 
and then go to iTunes or Spotify. Listen on there. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. Take it away, Ken Squire. Larry Woody, one of the great racing riders, writes for the Tennessean, has said, Dale doesn't drive for the dough. He drives for the sheer enjoyment of it. He chases checkers like a beagle chases rabbits. It's just his nature. My, wasn't his nature grand today, as he showed all the patience he needed to bring this event off. And that's what it takes to win the Daytona 500. Loads of patience. That was his point all week long, that he had to be patient and then go for it when the time came. And that's exactly the lesson he taught every short tracker in America this day in this 40th annual Daytona 500.